The next book was called The Why Factor. It's playing the word why, as in why learn Torah, why live by Torah. But actually, it was an equation designed to show people how the only difference between those people who live by Torah or don't live by Torah or any other system for that matter is how they define why. X plus Y equals happiness and completion. What does that mean? Basically, we're all the same. We're cut from the same material. We all came from Anamarishon, same mold. We may have different features. We may have different skin colors and things like that. But basically, man is man. Same mechanisms, same organisms. Now, we also tend to strive for the same thing as well. We all want to be happy. Now, of course, how you define happy makes all the difference in the world. And that's also part of the discussion. So you have to first understand what man is. Then you have to figure out what provides true and lasting happiness for everyone, even though we all think there's a different answer for everybody, evident by the way that different societies live different types of lives. But the reality is we're all after the same thing, to fulfill our personal potential. Nothing makes us happier in life than fulfilling our personal potential. We're hardwired that way. We can't get around it. And if we try to do something else or think that happiness is different from this idea, we will be unhappy, miserable, in fact. So like any equation, right, 2 plus y equals 4, 2 plus y equals 5. If you want to figure out what y is, all you have to do is subtract the known from the known. Happiness is this. Man is that. Subtract men from happiness and you'll come up with a system that's going to allow a person to achieve it every single time. And of course, the why in this case is Torah. And the book explains why Torah is designed specifically to help people to achieve fulfillment, to achieve their full potential in life, the happiness that we all strive to live with. The next book was an interesting challenge. It's called Life is a Thrill. And if you were to read it, you'd see there's just a bunch of concepts that many people may know already or don't know or might not be familiar with at all. It's almost more a pamphlet than a book. And certainly, it'll be very difficult for a person to try and figure out what the source of the material actually is. It was the book Mesilis Yashari, or The Path of the Just, written by the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Matsato, a classic Musr Sefer a book that is designed specifically to help people rise above their everyday mundane reality and achieve the ultimate thing in life, Yiris Hashem, fear of God. It's a very from book, very religious book. But as I was learning it, it occurred to me that so many concepts in the book itself are crucial for everybody to live a meaningful life. Whether a person wants to accept Torah from Mount Sinai or not, these ideas had to get out there. But certainly if they were presented in the same manner that they appear in the Silas Sharim, it's not going to talk to a lot of people outside the Torah world. So therefore, I took upon myself to take these ideas and to distill them, to bring them down to earth and talk about them in ways that every person can relate to them. This way, everybody could benefit from the concepts. And ideally speaking, if the person said, well, you know, these are really important ideas and I that really talk to me and I can see how this can certainly enhance the quality of my life, perhaps the person will go the next step 
and try and track down the source of the ideas and in this way move closer towards Torah Judaism. Everyday life should be thrilling. Every moment of life should be a thrill. This book shows you why. This book shows you how. And it's all based upon classical Torah thought. I don't recall now what it was exactly that made me come up with the next book, No Atheist in a Foxhole. But the basic idea behind this book was, yeah, everybody talks about how they either believe in God or don't believe in God. And so many people feel confident and comfortable to say that they're an atheist or agnostic. But push come to shove, like shove into a foxhole, meaning how many people did we see in life when trapped by the reality in a very difficult situation that nobody can help them out of? They tried this, they tried that. And they realize the only one they can turn to, perhaps, is God himself. There's a famous joke that I heard from my Rosh Yeshiva along these lines about an atheist or so-called atheist who was once walking through a jungle when he happened to trip and stumble off the edge of a cliff. Fortunately for him, he was able to catch a branch on the way down, and there he was, hanging, not knowing what to do. He looked down. It was too far to jump. There was no way to climb up, so he hung onto this branch for dear life. At one point in time, he began to yell out, Is there anybody up there? Can somebody please help me? And to his surprise, a voice answered back, Yes, I can help you. And he said, Great, I didn't know there was anybody up there. It's fantastic. Who are you? And the voice called back and said, God. And the man's eyes opened wide, and he was excited, and he called up and said, God, that's amazing. Up until now, I didn't believe that you existed, but it's so nice now to find out that you do. Can you help me? God says, yes, I can. He says, what do I have to do? And God says, uh, well, let go of the branch. And the man looks up, like what, the branch? He looks down and says, and then he yells back, is there anybody else up there? There are a few points made by this joke, but one of them is that when a person finds himself in a very difficult situation and they realize that they're helpless, just about everybody at that point in time all of a sudden learns to believe in God as the bullets are flying overhead, as bombs are blowing up close by. Something happens to people and all of a sudden their belief and faith in God begins to return. And the reason for that is not necessarily what people think. It's not just the helplessness, but it's because everybody deep inside knows the truth. Everybody has a soul. The soul is a part of God's light. Inside, we've all been taught from before birth that God is alive and well and involved in every aspect of daily life, including our own personal lives too. Another book I had written that year was Changes That Last Forever, A Yom Kippur Companion. Also a very short book that contains the Vidui, the confessional prayer for Yom Kippur, explained in a very specific way. It always bothered me that year after year I would stand there saying the Vidui and how somehow I had been able to repeat the same sins I had promised myself last year I would not commit again. On Yom Kippur, you fight so hard to achieve a certain high level of spiritual clarity when you can see the folly of at least certain specific sins. 
how important it is to avoid them. And yet one year later, we're back doing the same thing again, asking God for forgiveness for things we should have changed in the meantime. So I began to think about this, you know, what can I do in the course of my year to try to concretize the spiritual growth I had the previous Yom Kippur? So this book is about that. This book explains how the mind works, how our emotions work with the mind in order to be able to learn something from each Yom Kippur and to move forward. A certain amount of history has to repeat itself, but it shouldn't be the sins we commit from year to year. This book is designed to help a person move on, change their life in a permanent way. Of all the books I have printed to date, this is the one book that actually caught Feldheim's attention to such an extent that they printed an edition themselves and ended up selling several thousand copies. The making of a great Jewish leader was inspired not just by the great Jewish leaders themselves that the book speaks about, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, David, people who on one level are beyond us, and there's just no comparison, but people who taught us a lot about how to be personally great, everybody on their own individual level. One such person was Yeshua Friedman, a young man from Montreal whom I'd already known for some time and had come to admire. One such reason was because of his love of Eretz Israel and his devotion to the well-being of the Jewish people. It was kind of unique in such a generation to find people like that, especially those who grew up in the comfort of North American society. True to his word, he personally made Aliyah as a single man, joined the army, and was in it at the time of his death. On Purim of that year, as he was on his way to my brother-in-law's for the Purim Suda, he was picked up as a hitchhiker by Arabs dressed as Jews, more than likely playing Jewish music as well. By the time he realized he had not received a chesed, a kindness from strangers, but instead had been kidnapped, it was too late. They took him and they murdered him to the shock of his family and community back home and those of us in Eretz Israel as well. He was given a hero's burial in Eretz Israel and remains to be a symbol of self-sacrifice for the Jewish people and their homeland. It was a very difficult and sad thing to write this book with him in mind, but I am also deeply honored to have been chosen to help keep his memory and example alive.